Imagine it's A.D. 34, the year of our Lord, 34. Our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He rose again on the third day. He ascended into heaven. He sent the Holy Ghost down upon the church. And it's a year later. And let's say you're, uh, you're in the Roman government. You're in Jerusalem and you go to St. Peter. He's the first pope. And you say, Peter, uh, I'm baptized. I came into the church, recognize you. You're the lead apostle. You're the supreme pontiff in the church. But here's the deal. I really think people should kill babies. That's my jam. People elect me and support me because I'm all about killing babies. And I want I spend my time, I spend my energy, I make speeches defending the right, so-called, of people to kill babies. In fact, I even collect taxes from people and I take the tax money that I collect from people and I use the tax money to kill babies. So Peter, I just wanted to know if it's cool if I just keep receiving communion. Am I Catholic in good standing? And then imagine if St. Peter, the first pope, says, that's legit. I mean, there's some pastoral difficulties here. You're going to need some accompaniment. But yeah, I mean, you know, tomorrow, Sunday, come up for communion. I'll give you communion myself. You're in good standing. And if there's any fuddy-duddy Christians around here at 83 and 8034, and they get in your face and they say, you can't, you can't kill babies, you can't take tax money and kill babies, you just tell them that you and Peter are legit. All good. Can you imagine that happening? Can you imagine opening the Bible, reading in the book of Acts, someone coming with that worldview, that treachery to life, to the very Pope, and getting this? which happened just in the last week or so. Handshakes. Yeah, you're awesome, Nancy. And then here she is at Mass. Front row Joe with the bishops. Photo ops. All after she got up on TV and talked about how bad it is that America overturned Roe v. Wade. And that she's going to fight, fight, fight for the so-called right to kill babies. The true scandal here, well, there's two scandals. The fact that a woman calls herself a Catholic and says these things, and then we have a president, Biden, who says and does these things, is a scandal to all the laity in the world. But the fact that there's a man who wears a white cassock and a white zucchetto on his head and calls himself Holy Father, Pope, Vicar of Christ, apparently doesn't use that one so much, or at all anymore, Bishop of Rome, successor of St. Peter, and makes a handshake deal with the Jezebels of the world inside the church? I mean, that's just straight-up infiltration. Hate to make a book plug, but there it is. 
Well, I talked about this before, and I'm circling back. Why? Because Pope Francis did an interview, and he discusses this. And I'm going to read you what Francis said. Here's a little appetizer on the screen right here. You can get a little tidbit right there. I'm going to talk about the contradiction in the church that Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Theodore McCarrick's, they all get passes. They all get walks. It's a double standard. Then you get a guy like Father Altman, you know, the people that I have on the show, Bishop Strickland, Bishop Athanasius Schneider. I'm going to talk about this priest who was just recently suspended. thought I had the window open. I'll have to find it again. His name is Father Jesus Mary, and uh, I've accidentally closed the window. I need my garden angel to help me with the tabs and the windows, but I think I can find it again. He's been suspended. That's right. He's been suspended uh, for his criticism on Amoris Laetitia, on uh, his positions and what he said about marriage, the sacrament of marriage and other confusing things. How come he gets suspended? I'm going to keep talking and look for it. How come he gets suspended and all these other people who are flaunting the Catholic faith get handshakes, front row seats at papal masses? Here he is. Just found him. His name is Father Jesus Mary Misigbeto, and I probably pronounced it wrong. Please forgive me, Father Jesus Mary. Father Jesus Mary Misigbicto. Yep. That's right. He's been canceled by the Pope, by Opus Dei, by bishops, by Rome. But you can try to consecrate with invalid matter for the Mass. You can baptize babies with the wrong formula. You can uh, bless unnatural unions in Germany. You can do it in Canada. You can do it in America. You can even have, as I covered on Father's Day, two men come up on the pulpit, come into the ambo and give the sermon. You can do all those things. No big deal. You can write books endorsing parades that go on in the month of June. You can do all these things. It's all a-okay for Francis. This reveals the duplicity. This reveals the treachery. I'm going to say the prayer in just a moment. Before I say the prayer, let's get those likes up. 800 people here, 178 likes. Hit those like buttons. Before we pray, though, I'm going to read a passage from the Acts of the Apostles. This is going to show you how serious things were in the early church. Remember in the opening of today's monologue, I did a little skit of imagining a, a Roman politician coming and talk to Peter in AD 34. Well, let's see what it was really like in the early 30s in the Catholic Church. And I don't mean 1930s, I mean AD 0033-3435. Listen to this. I'm reading from the Acts of the Apostles written by St. Luke, the evangelist, and I'm reading chapter 5. And what happens here is you have a husband-wife. They're wealthy. Their names are Ananias and Sapphira. 
And what they've done is they've sold some real estate and they're donating the funds to the Catholic Church. They're they're taking the money and giving it to Peter. It's like a Peter Pence situation. And they're saying, hey, we sold our land and we're giving you the full price. Except by fraud, they kept some of the money back and lied to the church and they lied to Peter about it. Okay, so they're not killing babies, taking tax money for any of that, destroying life. They're they're don't they're making a donation but lying about their donation. Okay, so let's see what Saint Peter has to say about this. Acts chapter five, verse one. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a piece of land, and by fraud kept back part of the price of the land his wife being privy thereunto, and bringing a certain part of it, laid it at the feet of the apostles. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan tempted thy heart, that thou shouldest lie to the Holy Ghost, and by fraud keep part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, did it not remain to thee? And after it was sold, was it not in thy power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied to men, but to God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And there came great fear upon all that heard it. And the young men, rising up, removed him and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours when his wife, not knowing what had happened, came in. And Peter said to her, Tell me, woman whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, why have you agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them who have buried thy husband are at the door and they shall carry thee out. And immediately she fell down before his feet and gave up the ghost. And the young men coming in found her dead and carried her out and buried her by her husband. And there came great fear upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Deo gracias. That, my friends, is how things rolled in the early church. There is no possible way someone would have come into the presence of the apostles in St. Peter and said, Hey, in my job, I promote abortion and the killing of babies, even up to birth. And Peter would do what we see in this picture. There is no possible way. If you agree with me, hit the like button. There is no possible way. Leave a comment. Do you disagree with it? Do you think there's a scenario and if you're in the live chat, is there a scenario where someone comes in and says, you know what? We need to rate, we need to increase taxes and have more federally government funded abortions. And we also need to pay for more abortions overseas. Right, Peter? And he's like, well, you can keep receiving communion. And welcome to the Vatican. Is there any possible scenario where that is legit and real? I, I honestly cannot even 
imagine it. All right, let's say the prayer. We're going to pray the Our Father, and it is going to be in reparation for these scandals and in these, for these sins. Let's see here. Here it is. Nomini Patris, Fidi, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Pater Noster, quies in Celi, Sanctificator, Nomen Tum, Venet Regnum Tum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Cello et in Terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum de nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Okay, so what happened? I'm all out of focus here. Hold on. There you go. Does that work? Better. Okay. What happened? Well, the timeline of events, in case you're just tuning in, the United States of America, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which said there is no constitutional right for you to have an abortion. Goners. Now it goes to the states. Nancy Pelosi jumped on a jet and went to Rome. And she had a meeting with the Pope. And she said, I gave the quote earlier, many, many, many high-ranking bishops or clergy or something like that. Let me see if I still have the quote. Uh, yep, here it is. Boom. She said, this is Nancy Pelosi, we had the pleasure of attending Mass this morning with His Holiness and many, many leaders of the church, Pelosi said, in the spirit of St. Francis, which is the name of His Holiness, and my city of San Francisco, I thank you for preaching the gospel, sometimes using words, Nancy Pelosi. So, she did three things here. She said, I met with the Pope, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. She said, I met with many, count them here, three times, many, many, many church leaders. And by the way, I'm from, she wants everyone to know, I am from San Francisco. And my mean, mean archbishop there, Archbishop Corleone, he has said, I can't receive communion. And I just want everyone to know that I'm from San Francisco. And Pope Francis's name is Francisco and I'm going to go on back to San Francisco because I chill with the Pope and I'm going to receive communion all I want. Nanny, nanny. Nanny, nanny, Nancy. That's what's up. And so in a way, she got an imprimatur for her to continue her crusade to crucify the unborn, to kill the unborn. And it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Now, people might say, well, Francis is being used. He doesn't really know. He doesn't know Nancy. Yes, he knows who Nancy Pelosi is. He knows who Joe Biden is. He knows what they stand for. He knows their positions. And I said, and I still say it, that was the official response of Pope Francis and the Vatican officials. It was, here's our rubber stamp. We give Nancy Pelosi our approval our imprimatur. She's all good. In fact, we're going to even give her a front row. Yeah, but Taylor, they didn't know. The The deacons and the seminarians don't know who Nancy Pelosi is, so just back off. Listen, I worked in the Catholic Church for one year in D.C. Anytime even low-level politicians came to a mass, it was always called ahead, Everyone who was there was told, so-and-so is going to be here. And usually there is always a seat 
reserved for them so there would be no problem getting in and out. Often they would go in a back door or a side door in and out and not out of the main entrance. That was standard protocol. It still is standard protocol. If you're a Nancy Pelosi or a Joe Biden or even a governor of a state or a lesser nobility, you get private treatment and you notify when you're going there because there needs to be security and there needs to be protocol. You don't want people to get mauled by the public or awkward things to happen inside of a church. That's how it happens. So don't be coming to me with your Jesuit voice and saying, yeah, but Taylor, nobody knew. They knew. That's why she's sitting like right here in the front. And there's a dozen photos of her. Professional photos. They knew this was a plan. Okay. So that was the official statement. But then Francis was recently interviewed. And he was asked specifically about the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Now, this interview was a 90-minute interview with Philip Pulella, and it was published uh, 48 hours ago. And here, I'm reading the synopsis in the English here uh, from LifeSite News. It says, Pope Francis has broken his silence on the U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. In a 90-minute interview, when asked about the overturn of the landmark 1973 ruling, Roe v. Wade, which imposed abortion on all 50 states, the Pope said, quote, he cannot speak about it from a juridical point of view, end quote. He cannot speak about it from a juridical point of view. But here's the weird thing, my friends. The weird thing about it is he's constantly talking about legal juridical things in the church. For example, the Latin Mass. He even talks about legal juridical issues on my southern border here in Texas. Vocally, he talks about American politics frequently. He talks about Donald Trump, or he did back in the day when the Donald was on the throne here. So don't give me this. I cannot speak to it from a juridical point of view. This is a punt. And I guarantee you, he was told before the interview, we're going to, have to talk about Roe v. Wade, and he and his staff prepared a comment. And the comment that they prepared was, I cannot speak about it from a juridical point of view. Are you satisfied with that? If you're watching right now, leave a comment. If you're in the live chat, let me know in the live chat. Is that sufficient Or is that scandalous? Is that shameful? Do you think if someone, and we're going back in time again, year of our Lord, 34, Christ has ascended into heaven. It's been one year. Peter is the Pope. And they say, hey, we just got news. Rome has made abortion illegal or something like this, right? 
Holy Father, voice of the Catholic Church, Vicar of Christ, Supreme Pontiff. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I can't really speak about that from a juridical point of view, Philip. Say what? Say what? I'm going to give props here to Red Wolf. You are totally on point, Taylor. As are you, Red Wolf. And as is everyone I'm seeing here in the live chat and in the comments. Let's keep reading what Francis has to say. Now, let me say here, I, I'm going to tell you, Francis has repeatedly during his pontificate said abortion is bad. All right. He's on record saying abortion is bad. I'm do not hear me on this podcast today. Do not hear me saying that I'm saying that Pope Francis is in favor of abortion or whatever. What I'm saying is he has changed the ecclesiology so that people who are notorious public sinners causing scandal in the public space are in good standing and can and should receive communion. That is the problem. And on top of that, just a whole layer of scandal. The Pope is asked, no, sorry, the Pope asks, is it legitimate, is it right to eliminate a human life to resolve a problem? Question mark, question mark, sorry. The answer is obviously no. So Francis is saying the right thing here. But why won't he form a conscience? Why won't he challenge Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden? Why will he shake their hand and invite them to mass but not go to the root. I guarantee you, if Bishop Strickland or Archbishop Corleone went to Rome and met with the Pope like that, somebody, maybe even the Pope, is going to say, hey, you know, your tone's off. They're going to get corrected. All right, here's the second part. I put it on the screen because it's important. Regarding pro-abortion po pro politicians like Pelosi, Pope Francis says, when the church loses its pastoral nature, when a bishop loses his pastoral nature, it causes a political problem. That's all I can say, end quote. He took the football, American football, and he just punted it. In America, when you're playing football and you're on your, you get to your fourth down and you can't get a first down, you punt. That puts the ball back on the other end of the uh, other end of the field. I'm kind of tongue-tied today. It's hot. So Francis is saying, when the church loses its pastoral nature, when a bishop loses its pastoral nature, it causes a political problem. That's all I can say. Let me just take a time out here. Francis, are you saying that the one holy Catholic and apostolic church has lost its pastoral nature. That's a problem. I don't, I'm pretty sure, according to Catholic ecclesiology, the church never loses her pastoral nature. The church is the sheepfold, and Jesus Christ established shepherds, of which Peter is the chief shepherd. So I don't think we can say the church loses its 
pastoral nature. When a bishop loses his pastoral nature, it causes a political problem. He's saying this is a pastoral problem, but I mean, Francis, according to you, we just had the greatest, most magnificent, most insightful pastoral council of all councils. It's the council to end all councils. It is the mega council. It is the meta council. It is the council that cancels out all other councils. It's the second Vatican council. You can literally use it as a trump card anytime. You can cite anything in Catholic history and say, yeah, but Vatican II. Yeah, but Vatican II. We just had the pastoral council. Paul VI and every pope since then, and almost every priest I've ever heard in the Novus Ordo, says it was a pastoral council. So how can we have the mega pastoral council and then the church loses its pastoral nature and bishops lose their pastoral nature and it causes a political problem? I mean, I can't think of an era in the last 2,000 years before the pastoral council in which there were secular princes, kings, queens, emperors, archdukes, dukes, Counts, vicomtes, who were allowed publicly and scandalously to receive communion as they actively worked against the church's faith and morals. I mean, look what happened to Henry VIII when he tried that. Elizabeth I, Theodosius I, he killed people in Thessalonica. Ambrose said, don't you step into this church. You're not, not only are you not receiving communion, you can't even come inside the doors of the church until you do penance and recognize your sins. That's the real Catholicism. There was, the church didn't lose its pastoral nature in the, during the time of Theodosius, 4th century. What are we even talking about here, Francis? And then, at the end, that's all I can say. No, it's not all you can say, Francis. I'm sorry. You can say a whole lot more. We are here listening. You have a lot to say about American politics. You have a lot to say about immigration in Europe and in North America. You're happy to pontificate on these issues. But on this, it's obscure. I don't know what this means. It even seems theologically troublesome that you would say the church loses or that the church could lose pastoral nature. This all goes back to the erroneous document that he published, Amoris Laetitia, which states that you could have, for an example, a man and a woman living in adultery. And with the proper pastoral accompaniment, they could continue to receive communion and get absolution without changing their lifestyle, without formally repenting. That is the non-Catholic theology that Francis is binding the church with, which is impossible. It's impossible to bind the church with error. Otherwise, Vatican I is just wrong. And that's the problem. Now, I want to talk about this young priest right here. 
Let me switch my tab here. This young priest is Father Jesus Mary Misigbeto. He's from the he's from Africa, Ivory Coast. He was with Opus Dei. People say, Taylor, what do you think of Opus Dei? Well, when I was a new Catholic and I hadn't found the, the traditional Latin Mass, Opus Dei had some good things. You know, they said go to confession every two weeks, try to go to Mass every day, say the Angelus three times a day, uh, don't eat meat on Friday. You know, a lot of the good traditional norms. As I've grown as a Catholic and gotten to know, I'm not a fan. That's not today's show. Okay. But this priest comes from Opus Dei, and he was critical. He had some critical things to say. And, and, you know, one of the things that I have a problem with with Opus Dei is they have a policy, which they told me, you can criticize priests, but you can never criticize a bishop. That's a policy in Opus Dei, and you certainly never criticize a pope. That's why anyone who's in Opus Dei, whether they're a numerary, supernumerary, priest, whatever, you will never hear them say anything about a bishop, and you'll never hear them say anything about Francis. Totally off limits. That's a problem. So, here is a quote from Father Jesus Mary. This is not the tab I wanted. Here's the tab I wanted. Thank you, Guardian Angel. Guardian Angel right now is my producer. Working out right now. It's great. Father Jesus Mary has accused Pope Francis of having, quote, propagated heresies and seriously damaged good customs. Here is his decree from prohibiting him from preaching, confessing or hearing confessions, celebrating mass. Quote, since 2016, you yourself have seriously failed to respect and obey God and the people of God. And then there's the end quote here. Uh, that's the end quote. And there's a little comment here. Indeed, before being Pope and Bishop, you are a priest. And according to canon law, Quote, clerics in leading their lives are obliged in a special way to seek sanctity since having been consecrated to God by a new title in the reception of orders, they are dispensers of mysteries of God in the service of his people. Allow, And then it goes on here. Allow me to point out to you, Father, this is to Father Jesus Mary, where your mistake is. You are confusing the laws of coexistence with the laws of perfection. Coexistence laws are related to LGBTQ ideology, while protection laws are related to human discrimination. There are protection laws for children, pregnant women, and people with disabilities, migrants, prisoners, etc. All these people have a right to consideration and humane treatment, but they do not require special laws of homosexual coexistence. That's the end quote. The priest charges against the Holy Father for a more current issue that of denying the Holy Eucharist to those who publicly and actively defend abortion. So, Father Jesus Mary is saying what we're saying today. He's saying, look, you, you can't say that people who are, not just people who are voters, but actual politicians, it is their job, and they're securing millions, billions of dollars for women's reproductive health all over the globe for abortion. 
funding Planned Parenthood in all the states? And you can say they're in good standing and receive communion and shake their hands and do the photo ops. They say they're Catholic. So Father Jesus Mary is saying this exact thing. Quote, it is morally correct to give the sacrament of the Eucharist to publicly pro-abortion politicians who do not renounce abortion? Question mark. God and the Catholic Church have always answered no, says Father Jesus Mary. Unfortunately, you have answered yes. In fact, on September 15th, 2021, he publicly agreed with incredible support from Cardinals uh, Ladaria, Peter Turkson, Wilton Gregory, Archbishop Paglia, and Michael Jackles. Forgive me if I mispronounced some of those names. On June 29, 2022, he certainly knowingly and premeditatedly allowed Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi, publicly known for her support of abortion, to receive the Holy Eucharist at the Vatican during a Mass celebrated by you, Francis, and knowing full well that this was publicly prohibited by her resident bishop. That's a good point. Pastorally, her direct pastor with care of souls over her, Archbishop Corleone, says she cannot receive communion. Instead of yielding to pastoral custom, Francis just said, come on over, have the Eucharist. Continuing, quote, thus it induces the Catholic Church to disrespect its own laws given in the Code of Canon Law and disrespects God and the Catholic people. Then Father Jesus Mary, and let's, by the way, let's give a thumbs up to Father Jesus Mary. All right. I am happy. You know, we're not, we don't want animosity for the hierarchy. We don't want animosity for Pope. We don't want disobedience to the Roman See or to the valid ordinaries. But when it comes to sin and it comes to error, it has to be called out. Thomas Aquinas says so. St. Paul himself, not that what Peter did is even a gajillionth, even close to what we're talking about. St. Peter was not eating, from what we can piece together in Galatians, was not eating with the Gentile Catholics, only with the Jewish Catholics in the city of Antioch. Paul said, no, 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 no. There's no second class Catholic. There's no first class business class coach class Catholics. We eat with everybody. So Paul did rightfully correct Peter. Again, that's a whole different league than what we're talking about today. Bishop, oh, sorry, Father Jesus Mary concludes, quote, my sanction this morning makes it clear to you, Bishop Fernando Acaris, I think he's the Opus Dei Bishop, and Cardinal Mark Ulet still retain the capacity for moral judgment. Why then their guilty and scandalous silences before cardinals who seriously lack respect and obedience to God and the people of God? Cardinal Holrick, is a Jesuit, by the way, who has said publicly that the church's teaching on homosexuality as a sin is false. Cardinal Marx, who has publicly said that homosexuality is not a sin. Cardinal Matteo Maria Zuppi, who allowed Father Gabriel Davali to bless a gay couple in a mass on June 11, 2022, Cardinal Blaise Supic, who allowed for Father Joe Rocasalva to allow a gay couple to give a homily at Mass on June 19th, etc., etc., etc. None of these people are disciplined or corrected, and guess who is? This young priest right here, Father Jesus Mary, because he's speaking up. And this is a double standard. And this is a scandal in the Catholic Church. 
This, in my opinion, as a dad on a webcam with no authority, right? This is the low of papal history. Last night, I was reading a history. It was a three-volume. Who was the author? It's an old book, pre-Vatican II. It was a history, and I was rereading the entire section on Pope Honorius. Pope Honorius was in the 600s, and he made an unfortunate mistake when writing the Patriarch of Constantinople, in which he used the language of Christ having one or two wills. The Orthodox Catholic teaching is that Christ has two wills. The Sixth Ecumenical Council at Constantinople anathematized Honorius for that mistake. So I was reading through that whole thing. It's unfortunate. It's embarrassing. It's not good. It's hard to clear it up. But it doesn't even come close to what we're talking about here. Oh, yes. And JC says, why not Pacamama mentioned? Exactly. Pope Francis brought in idol. Not a statue of the Virgin Mary or St. Elizabeth or Little Flower. He brought an idol of a mother goddess into St. Peter's where he stands here of Nancy Pelosi. Scandalous. And the cardinals of the Holy Roman Church must admonish and call the Pope to repentance. Yeah, but Taylor, no one can judge the first see. If the Pope sins, you can say that's a sin. Popes have to go to confession too, you know. Popes have to repent. If a Pope allows a Buddha idol on a tabernacle, as it happened in Assisi in 1986, we have to say, that's a sin. Let's not do that anymore. Can we get some repentance and reparation for this? The Cardinals, and I'm going to offend people. People are going to start turning off the podcast. I'm probably going to offend you. Take a deep breath. The Cardinals of the Catholic Church are not fulfilling their vocation right now. I know I just ticked off a lot of people. They wear red because red is the color of blood. They are there to advise, and according to St. Robert Bellarmine, they are there to admonish the Pope. When Pope Victor tried to excommunicate a large part of Asia Minor, there were high-ranking clerics who said, you know, let's pump the brakes here, Holy Father. We know you have the keys, but maybe don't jangle them that loud, you know. Let's, let's take a deep breath here. Maybe there's another way to go about it. So, I mean, in the history of the church, cardinals do step in. You can think of St. Peter, uh, who was it? Uh, was it Peter? I want to say Damien. Sometimes when you're live. Yeah, St. Peter Damien died in 1072, 1073. He admonished the Pope over all the sodomy and all the catamites in the monasteries and in the clergy. Do you have to do it with respect? Yes. Do you have to do it with love? Yes. Do you have to do it with charity? Yes. Do you have to do it in truth? Yes, yes, yes. All those things. But remaining quiet and watching an idol process into St. Peter's. 
and watching confusing statements and scandals happen week after week in the Vatican in a snowballing effect over time. We appeal to you, your eminences, put on your red Beretta, go to work in love, in charity, in care, admonish, correct, instruct. You have nothing to lose. You are celibate, elderly men. You're staring into eternity. We beg you, as the sheep, pastors, pick up the crozier. Please. Please take action. Do you agree with me? Did I offend people? Did I lose people? I, would, I didn't look at the number count. Yes, even Cardinal Burke. Please, Cardinal Burke. We know you're a good man. We know your heart is with the Lord. Please. This can't go on any longer. Yes, Strickland says things. Yes, Vigano says things. Yes, Schneider says things. Archbishop Corleone, we need more. We need more. I mean, we're talking about 1%. We need 90%. What we need is active participation when it comes to the juridical nature of the church. We can speak of things, and the whole reason that Jesus Christ instituted the papacy the reason he set forth a vicar, a prime minister, a supreme pontiff, a high priest upon earth while he was gone was so that he could bind and loose the truth regarding faith, morals, so that he, whenever there's confusion in the world, you could say, how do we get to heaven? What must we do to be saved? And the successor of Peter would point and he would confirm the faith of the brethren and say, this is the way we go. This is where we're going. This is the truth. This is what we have received from the previous pope who received it from the previous pope all the way to Peter. It's the deposit of faith. It can't change. I, as pope with the keys, am here to help you and to lead you. Here's the way we go. This right here, when the church loses its pastoral nature, when a bishop loses his pastoral nature, it causes a political problem. That's all I can say. Is not enough. People are confused. Nancy Pelosi is confused. And we down here, the little people, we're confused by all what we're watching up on this stage. Doesn't seem right. So what do we got to do? I'm going to take this off the screen. What do we got to do? Well, we need to bring, we need to develop, build cultures of life, but we have to build Catholic culture. You know, it's not just enough to promote natural law. We need every doctrine, every dogma, every truth, every, every one of the Ten Commandments, all the morality, our pro-life vision, our anti-contraception, our love for chastity, our glory and celibacy, 
happy families, reverent liturgy, the worship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, devotion to Our Lady. We have to live this. It's been set out before us. We have to walk in it. You need to pray the rosary every day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. Pray the rosary every day. It's the Bible on beads. You must do that. You must find a good priest, a good shepherd. If you have to move and you can, you need to move. If you can't, you pray to Jesus who's your shepherd and you say, I need help, Jesus, work a miracle. See what he does. He's been known to do those kind of things. But you got to pray the rosary. You got to find a good community. You got to find a good parish. You need to find the traditional Latin mass. You need to get to confession regularly. You got to live this thing all the way. Do you agree with me? Do y'all agree? Hit the like button and tell me you agree. That's how I know. When I'm on my screen right now, I can't see everything, but I can see the timer. I can see a bunch of tabs. I can see how many people are on. I can see the thumbs up, which is 1016. I see the thumbs down. That's nine, negative nine. Those, I always call those the Jesuits. You know, we always have some thumbs down and those are our Jesuits. That's uh, James Martin and his eight bros. Appletini hour. We got to live this. We got to live it. And uh, I'm not a cardinal and you're probably not a cardinal. Maybe I do. I, I have heard from cardinals that do watch the show. This podcast. It's kind of cool. So maybe your eminence, if you're watching. Go pray 15 decades. Get a plan together. Admonish, correct, teach, bless, sanctify, govern. Just because he wears white doesn't mean he's off limits. We all are called to the Ten Commandments. We are all called to the precepts of the church. We are all called to uphold the catechism and the entire magisterium of the church. That comes with baptism, and the Pope is baptized. All right. Pray the rosary. You're not on the team. Special thanks to all the Patreon patrons. Right now, downstairs on the kitchen table are a bunch of books that Joy set out for me. I'm going to go down there, and I sign those books, and we mail those books to you to thank you for being a generous patron on Patreon.com. Y'all make this channel possible. And there's some new exciting stuff that's going to be coming out hopefully in the next couple of months that I'll tell you about. And all those new exciting things are happening because of the Patreon people who are making it happen. So if you want to be part of that, if you want to get a signed book, you want a signed copy of Infiltration, uh, you want a signed copy of my book uh, Eternal City, signed copy of Thomas Aquinas in 50 Pages, go over to Patreon.com, help out, get some cool stuff and some merch. And I... Thank you. And our family thanks you. What else? Oh, if you want to move. Wrong button. If you want to move, you can move. You have the means. I recommend you go to realestateforlife.org. Realestateforlife.org. What is realestateforlife.org? They, they will set you in contact with Catholic pro-life real estate agents who will help you sell your house and find a home where you can find a good parish. 
move to Texas. Come be my neighbor. We can go to Latin Mass together. If you want to do that, you need to go to realestateforlife.org and they can help you sell your home, get a new home, etc. These are the people that I recommend. Tell them Taylor Marshall sent you, realestateforlife.org. Highly recommend. Okay, now we're going to pray the Hail Mary. And we are going to pray the Hail Mary for Nancy, or should we do it for Francis? Let's do it for Francis. Sound good? All right. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or Pronobis peccatoribus, nunc editor mortis nostri. Amen. And thanking God for all that he's revealed to us in the way to heaven, which never changes, we thank him saying, Gloria Patri et Filio, Spiritui Sancto, Sicuterat in Principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right. I've had a long day. I have prepared a new book for all of you. A new book will be coming out. I'm working on the cover art has been very difficult. The topic of the book, a large topic of the book, I'm going to, this is the first time I've ever said it. And I'm saying it right now. A large part of the book is given to the study of the theological concept of Antichrist as defined and taught by the church fathers, the popes, and the early church. It's not sensational. It's not about microchips. It's not who's the Antichrist today. None of that. It is a theological treatise about that and so much more. And I can't wait to get this book into your hands. So stay tuned for more information. And the best way to stay tuned is to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Or if you're listening on Spotify or Audible, make sure you are subscribed. You hit the subscription button to subscribe. Then you hit the bell. The bell notifies you whenever I go live, like I am right now. Uh, you can see that little subscription button in the bottom right corner of your screen. Go ahead and mash it, and then please consider hitting the bell. If you're on an iPhone or a mobile device, you have to go into notifications under settings and turn notifications on for YouTube or it will not work. So that's what I recommend you to do. And thank you to everyone who has already subscribed. I think we're at uh, 390,000 subscribers now on YouTube. Twitter just hit 100,000 this past week. Instagram, 50,000. I mean, things are really uh, growing fast here. So uh, that's all to y'all. I just do the talking and y'all push all these buttons and it makes it work. And then also, I also like to add, YouTube doesn't, syndicate me or push me in the algorithm. So if you can share this video on Facebook or Twitter, I really do appreciate that. Okay. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ said, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. Do your part. Pray that rosary. Read the Bible. Teach your kids about Jesus.